Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. So, now that that's all out the way, let's get right into the word this morning because there's a slew of stuff to cover this morning. I want to thank everyone that made a, a special effort to come out and be here on time. So give yourselves a hand. I, I was... I, I was back here and I could hear wheels and cars just screeching and coming in and and I was like, glory be to God. Just the, the obedience and the effort of, of the people. So, um, hey, all month we're talking about a place near me. We're talking about worship. Talking about worship. We're talking about a place near God. And, and it, it's been my aim as a lead pastor here to help, help sift through what worship is and what worship isn't. A lot of what we do in our churches, uh, unfortunately, isn't worship. So, so I, I, and I'm not knocking it, I, I'm not knocking it, but what I am doing is I, I wanted to mention that um, this is what we're covering all month. And I've tried to give you all statements uh, as we define, we define what worship is. I want to go into John chapter 9, verse 31, and I want to cover what Jesus said. Jesus said some amazing things about worship, and I just want to, I want to highlight, I want to highlight uh, two verses in particular that Jesus shared. Uh, the first one is going to be out of John. John chapter 9, verse 31 Jesus is speaking. Who's speaking? Jesus. Who's speaking? Jesus. And Jesus said, we know that God, we know that God, we know that God, come on, it's right there. What does it say? What doesn't what? You know, and we, we, we tend to throw the word prayer out every time there's a tragedy in our country. Our prayers, our prayers, our prayers, our prayers, our prayers. And as beautiful and as wonderful and as heartfelt as the sentiment of prayer may be, may be, I, I want you to know Jesus said that God doesn't listen to sinners. Now, there's a caveat there. Because I want you to understand there's a difference between sinners and believers. All right? Because you can be a believer and still be a sinner. All right, so, so don't, don't get all proud and puffed up. Uh, when you hear that saying, well, God listens to me. Well, listen carefully. It says he doesn't listen to what? Sinners. But he is ready to hear those who, who worship him and do as well. They go hand in hand. You got it? All right. He is ready to listen to who? Okay. Those who worship him and do as well that aren't sinners. You got it? You got it. All right. So if you need an incentive to stop sinning, all right, and we're all sinners, we're all flawed, we all make mistakes, God knows that. However, it, it, we don't walk in sin, deliberately in sin. All right. So let's go to the next verse out of Luke chapter four, verse eight, quickly. 
Jesus replied, and this is during a conversation that he is having with uh, um, teachers of religious law. Jesus replied, he said, the scriptures say, you must, you must, you must worship the Lord, your God, and serve only him. Now, notice that Jesus had to emphasize only him. Because there are times where we learned last week that we can, in, in turn, turn our worship from God and give our worship to other things. There are people that worship work. This is why people can't arrive on a Sunday ever. Why? Work, 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 work. I got to work. I got to work. I got to work. And, and, and what are you working for? Well, I got this to do. I got to build this or I got to buy that. And I got to pay for this. It work, 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 work. Who, wasn't that, um, wasn't that, um, Brianna had a song like that? Brianna. Brianna. What goes to show what y'all listening to? Y'all correct me. Stop that, Pastor. Brianna. Work, 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 work. Okay. But, but, but it goes to, it, it really, listen, you know, and, and Jesus emphasized this. Jesus emphasized this because there are times that we serve, we serve only our children or we serve only our interests, or we serve only, only our family, or we serve only our money, or, oh, are, are, you go, are you understanding where we're going with this? All right, so Jesus said that you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You got it? Now, the definition of worship a few weeks back, I, were given, I was given everyone statements of worship, statements of worship. I want to give you a definition of worship. The definition of worship is to call on the name of the Lord, to call on the name of the Lord. The things that we do also call on the name of the Lord, and we're going to learn that today. Okay, we don't only call on the name of the Lord vocally, but also the things that we do can call on the name of the Lord. In the Old Testament, this process of calling on the name of the Lord was quite cumbersome. It was quite labor intensive in that calling on the name of the Lord was usually done by an individual building altars. Somebody say altars. And altars... Uh, I think I have an image somewhere. I think I provided an image of, of an altar in, in, in biblical times. An altar was a structure that was, uh, it was built by hand and it was usually of stone. And sometimes it would also be built of wood, usually built high and elevated. And then some type of offering of value like an animal or bird, uh, crops, oils, Perfumes, incense would be offered and sacrificed on this structure. All right, something very similar. They would all be different. It would be uh, up to the individual. This sacrifice would have an aim that God in heaven would smell, would smell and see all that you did, and his heart would be moved in favor by your worship. Are you getting that? So, so this sacrifice would be your calling on the name of the Lord. And based on your sacrifice, then God would respond. You build an altar. 
there was a sacrifice and and then you would burn you would bring you would bring something of value all right it would be an animal it would be something that was sacrificial you were sacrificing something and because of its value and because of what you were doing as a result as a response god would move in your favor now there are many stories in the bible that talk about men that were building altars in remembrance, thanksgiving, or simply in worship on to God. Uh, for instance, uh, Cain and Abel uh, built altar. They, they built an altar. They brought offerings onto uh, the Lord. Uh, Abraham, Jacob, Elijah, David, Solomon, and many others built altars to sacrifice offerings onto the Lord, and they did so in worship. Are you with me? All right, so... The problem was that just like today, people got lost in building altars and burning stuff that they left out the most important thing in what they were doing. They left out the one that they were doing the worship for. They got into the building, they got into the sacrifice, they got into the burning so much so that they left out why we're doing what we're doing. Listen to what Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13 says. And so the Lord says, who said? Who said? He said, these people say that they are mine. They honor me with their, they honor me with their, but their hearts are what? Far from me. And their worship of me is nothing. Let, let me repeat that again. Their worship of me is nothing. You know, we were singing that song today, and uh, Jessica was singing, we want more, and I want more of you. Many people today sing, we want more from you. Big difference between wanting of and wanting from, Okay. Big difference. And this is why God is saying, and their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules that were learned what wrote. Now that word wrote, let me give you a definition, means it's mechanical, it's habitual, it's repetition. It is something that we just learned it and we all did it. I come from a, a uh, predominantly Hispanic church. My father was a pastor. And, and it, I remember my father's church, if, if, if in the 80s, it was a very common thing. Once the music started, everybody did this. Everybody did this. Everybody, we didn't know why, but everybody just did this. And the faster the song went, we just did this and it got fast. And people would be sweating because this is what we did. Anybody remember? Not in Chile, right? No, no. That's in Chile, no. Okay, Puerto Ricans are crazy. We just <laughs> so, and this is what we in Mexico no salsa, in Mexico they did it too. They just didn't do it with beat. I'm just messing with you, just messing with you, Rebecca. I'm just messing with you. But unacceptable worship isn't a new problem. It's an ongoing old problem and this particular verse that we see in Isaiah 
God is saying that 700 years before Jesus was born. 700 years before Jesus was born, God was already fed up with the worship of the people. Think about that. Yet, in 2021, very little has changed. Listen to what King David said about worship. Psalms 40, verse 6 through 8. He said, you take, he's talking about God. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now, now that you have made me listen, I finally understand that you don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, I look, said, look, I have come as it is written about me in the scriptures. I take joy. I take joy. I take joy. I take joy in doing what? Your will, my God, for your instructions are written where? Are you getting this? King David came to the realization that God's presence in David's life wasn't a result of a sacrifice or burnt offerings. Before David, burning sacrifices and offerings on an altar had become the way to call on the name of the Lord. That was the way worship was done. You didn't have all of this. You built an altar, you killed something, you sacrificed it, you burned it. You were, you, that, that was worship. When Moses asked Pharaoh, hey, David, could we switch that? You can take that scripture down now. Thank you. When Moses talked to Pharaoh and asked Pharaoh about letting his people go, letting the people go, he was asking them to let them go to allow the people to go into the wilderness to do what? To worship. The worship that Moses was talking about had nothing to do with singing and playing instruments. The worship that Moses was talking about was to call on the name of the Lord by way of a sacrifice on an altar. History has taught us that very much like today, the sacrifices of the people became abhorrent. They became repugnant before the Lord. Just like everything else that people did in the name of calling on the name of the Lord, these sacrifices were now becoming ritualistic. They were man-made. They were abominable before the Lord. Something similar happened with fasting. Everybody knows about fasting, right? It's a big deal now in Germanian fasting, right? I fast all the time. Except I call it slow. The <laughs> doom, doom. That was a. Okay. All right. I got you, Pastor. <laughs> I'm watching. So, fasting was a sacred ceremonial practice where one would deprive themselves from partially eating or, or altogether. They would just, just not eat. And they would do this as a sacrifice unto the Lord. But even with fasting, very similar to part of worshiping, this is what God said about fasting. Think about this. 
We do fasting all the time. We, we have the Daniel's fast, right? Every year there's the Daniel's fast and there's that fast and this fast and that fast and Esther's fast and, and, and just name them. It's so many fasts. But listen to what God said about fasting back in Isaiah chapter 58. Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Continue. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and they seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like righteous nation, like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending that they want to be near me. Next. Listen, the language that is used in those verses are denoting frustration or denoting God's sarcasm. He said, you act pious. He said, you seem delighted. He said, you act righteous. He said, you pretend to want to be near me. Does this sound familiar? Listen to what he continues to say. In verse 6, he says, no. Somebody say no. No. This is the kind of fasting I want. God himself is saying, this is the fasting that I want. Yet. In 2021, we still do fasting as as it's always been done in tradition. But God said, this is the fasting that I want. Free those who are wrongly in prison. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Next. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. When your salvation will come like the dawn, I'm sorry, then he said, then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind you. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I'm here. He will quickly reply. Let's try that fast. You see it in church after church after church after church after church after church. Oh, 21 days we're fasting. 38 days we've been fasting. 40 days we're fasting. God said, this is what I want. You want to fast? This is the fast I want. What did any of that have to do with food? What did it have to do with food? Nothing. Just like singing, giving money, prayer, volunteering, and all the stuff that we do... In an effort to call on the name of the Lord, your heart, your mind, and your soul, your strength has got to be in it. Worship is the place that we go to in our heart and our soul and in our mind and in our strength 
so that we can call on the name of the Lord so that he can be near us and we near him. Now, as I shared last week, you, you, you can't get into God's presence haphazardly. You must do so with all heart, all mind, all soul, and all strength. Listen to this story I want to share with you out of Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And I'm going to read verses 21 through 34. It's a lot of reading, okay? But again, I know, I know a lot of you guys as well, this is the most reading you're going to get. So I'm, I'm, we're doing this thing together. But I want you to listen to this story as I read. David, I'm going to read it out of my notes here so that you could move the slides as quickly as possible behind me, okay? Everybody following with me? Everybody's together? All right, pay attention. Here we go. He just got into the boat again. And he went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd, what kind of a crowd? Gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Darius, he arrived, and when he saw Jesus, he what? Fell at his feet. MJ, I saw MJ around here, didn't I? MJ's around? Oh, MJ's in the back, and I'm going to need a volunteer. No, so I paused with his wife, so I can't really see. Anyway, I'm going to need a volunteer soon. Yeah, yeah, you know what, Brian? You come on. No, no, Brian will be better. <laughs> yeah, all right. So you can have a seat right there for a while. Yeah, just have a seat right there. Oh, you're going to, yeah, you, it's, just, it's okay. Uh, you're probably going to be regretting this in a bit. Already regretting it? <laughs> all right, here we go. And then he said, when he saw Jesus, he fell to his feet pleading fervently with him. What was he doing? Fervently. Pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying. Brian, I don't even want to ask you. Can you imagine? Yeah. This is a father. All right? He is pleading fervently about the circumstance of his daughter's well-being. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so that she can live. Jesus went with him. Did you hear that? Jesus went with him and all the people <laughs> crowding around him. Now, this is where things get interesting. A woman, a woman, baby, I'm going to need you. We're not, doing, we're not messing around today. Just, I got in trouble. I got in trouble last week. We're not doing. Just right there. <laughs> baby, sit down. Baby, baby, sit down. Listen to this. A woman in the crowd had suffered for twelve years. Twelve years, with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal for many doctors, from many doctors, and over the years she had spent what? Everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. 
In fact, she had gotten worse. You hear the scenarios? She had heard about Jesus. This is, this is why we need to talk about Jesus. Notice that it doesn't say she heard about the church or she heard about the synagogue. Part of the problem in, in our evangelism and our attempt to share the gospel with people is that we talk more about our church than we talk about Jesus. I would always advise you as part of this church, I always advise you, you know what? Don't speak as much about church. Speak about Jesus. Do that, okay? And when you speak about Jesus, you tell people about Jesus, all right? Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's inevitable that they're going to want to know, hey, tell me a little more about this Jesus. Where can I find this guy? Hey, hey, we have something going on. The, the men are doing this drywall thing, party thing. Come, and, and there's how this gospel thing works. So listen. So, she heard about Jesus, so she came up. She came up. She came up behind him through the crowd she touched his robe want to go grab my robe mama for she thought to herself if i can just touch his robe i will be healed this is what she said right a little lighter today on our props um the finance department cut my budget so uh, this is what I got, guys. This is, this is what I got. This is what I got. Honey, stop it. Whatever thought is going through your mind, just stop it. Listen. Listen. She said to herself, if I can just touch his rope, I will be healed. Immediately, immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone from him. So then he turned around. Are, are you listening to position and placement? Okay, so Jairus came. Come here, Jairus. The Bible says that he fell on his feet. That's right. Uh, you ain't think about that. He's like, man. <laughs> Look, we're still the same height. <laughs> All right, so listen, but the Bible says Jairus fell to his feet. And then a woman comes, and she comes from what? From what? Are you, are you paying attention to position and placement? Are you paying attention? Okay, guys, just rest for a second. I know, honey, I know this is uncomfortable, guys. I know them knees are hurting you, Brian. I know. I have to go home and put some... Vicks, yeah. <laughs> Puerto Ricans fix everything with Vicks. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's what we do. We fix everything. Fixes everything. <laughs> Listen. And Jesus asked, who touched my robe? Who, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look how sensitive his disciples are. 
I, I believe that this disciple is probably, he was probably the only Puerto Rican disciple in this group, and his name was probably Victor. And he said, look at the crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who, t-? Like, right? It's like the obvious. Psh, look at this guy. Psh, it's a dumb question. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, he was fervent. She's trembling. Are you getting the, are you getting the details here? The, she was trembling at the realization of what had happened to her. She came and then fell to her knees in, in, in. Listen to the instructions. I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. I, I know. It's that 49 years. Happy birthday. <laughs> Trembling and, reali- and, and at the realization of what had happened to her, she, she came and she fell to her knees in front of him and she told him, what she had done. What did she do? She touched his foot. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you. Wow. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. All right, Brian, just have a seat there so that you're, you're not, because your story, your story kind of ended, but I still, I still want to, and, and Becky, and then I'm going to call you soon. Jairus fell at Jesus' feet and he pleaded fervently. Now that means that he used his body because he was at Jesus' feet. He, he used his voice. He used words to plead fervently. Brian, if you're pleading fervently because something has happened to one of your children, it's going to be passionate, I'm guessing. Passionate. He was animated. Ultimately, he got what he pleaded for. The Bible says along that that the the daughter was healed. All right, I don't want to spoil the story, but we're not going to cover that here. But for the woman, it wasn't the same approach. For the woman, it wasn't the same approach. He was fervently pleading. Fervently pleading. He was animated. He was passionate. Are you getting that? But for the woman, she simply touched the robe. Here's the the key. The Bible says... She said to herself. One is pleading out. One is what? Telling herself. Are you getting that? Are you getting the two scenarios? Are you getting the two approaches? She didn't fall at his feet like Jairus did. She came up from behind, yet, yet she did something that stopped Jesus in his tracks. Jesus was on his way with the man. Jesus was on his way. But then, then someone touched, and he had to stop to ask, whoa, 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 someone just touched me. Could you imagine that kind of prayer, that kind of worship that stops Jesus in his track? With no words, 
with no pleading fervently. It's just something that's being shared in here. She didn't say one word out loud. She didn't say anything. She didn't say, teacher, heal me. She didn't say, Jesus, I need you. She didn't say, Jesus, I want. It's almost like our, our prayers. I want and I want and I want. She, just, she said none of those things. She said, if I could only just touch his robe, I will be healed. She said to herself, this is using, and we talked about this. By speaking to herself, what is she using? All of her understanding, all of her mind. This is worship. In the, are you getting that? Are you getting that? There is, this is worship, internal worship, that's happening internally in the mind. There's no melodrama. There was no screaming. There was no stomping. There was no claiming. There was no demanding. I'm sure that Jairus was causing a stir. You believe, I believe that, that, that when, when a father is pleading for his daughter and there's, it's the middle of a crowd, I'm sure he probably, he probably caused a scene. He probably caused a scene so much that by causing a scene, this one over here turns around and goes like, all I need to do is just touch that rope. This woman didn't cause a scene. She basically creeped up behind Jesus she didn't speak one word. She didn't pray. She didn't plead. Anything other than to tell herself, if I only touch this garment, I will be healed. Now, I bring all of this up. Thank you, guys. I'm going to ask you guys to sit down. Can we give them a hand, please? Hey, baby. I'm going to hold on to this. I think I'm going to hold on to this. Yeah, I'm going to hold on to this. Now, I bring all of this up. Just to say, how, how dare us, us, by, by us, I mean the global, the global religious establishment to relegate the move of God to only one approach. How, how dare us say that God only moves this way? How dare us say that God isn't still moving in new ways? As if we have figured out the depth of God's grace. There are times that I see God have grace on people that I feel don't deserve God's grace, but his grace is there and it's sufficient. We will never be able to bankrupt his grace. Ever. I heard recently online a debate between Christian apologists and pastors and Christian professors that, that they were debating the legitimacy they were debating the legitimacy of Hillsong's worship. They were debating the legitimacy of Elevation's worship. They were debating the legitimacy of uh, Maverick City's worship and Bethel's worship. And it got to the point in the debate where in the debate, they began to mock the songs that many of us sing today in our churches. They were mocking worship songs. Their point was that God isn't in those songs and that he can't be because it violates this or it violates that. That theology or this theology or that theology. 
Are you following me? Criticizing what is happening in, in churches. And I don't want us as a church to fall victim to that. That God only moves in gospel music. That God only moves in worship music. That God only moves with this. And God only moves with that expression. That God only moves. In fact, that God only moves. And that, that God only, that it's, are, are you listening? Do you know that in America, the gospel, the, the, the movement of, of Christianity has been hindered with a gospel of prosperity that has hurt more than it's done any good? Where there was a movement that was telling people that the way you give and how you gave and how much you gave would move God's heart. How dare you? And in this story, what we see is that Jesus responded to do two different approaches. They were not the same, but he still responded to both. Two different people, they needed an answer and they approached and they called on the name of the Lord and they did it in opposite ways, contrary to one another. And he responded to the different methodologies. They were contrary to one another, but they were both effective. Are you following me? Are you following me? Today we worship in song. We worship in prayer. We worship in, 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 in giving. We worship by listening. We're worship in the fellowship. On Friday, women worship by painting. On Wednesday, there was a group of people that worshiped by, by, a, a, by having a group review. Jesus wants you to worship, to sacrifice, to offer up adoration and praise, not like everyone else does it. But he wants your most authentic and most rawest form of worship. It could be fervently or it could be within yourself. He just wants you to do it with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. But he wants you to do it. Listen to, what, listen to what the psalmist said in Psalms 51, verse 17. Quickly. The sacrifice you desire is what? A broken spirit. You will not reject what? A broken and repented heart. Are you listening to that? Are we getting this? Pastor, I get... I get that not, none of us or, or, or not all of us are going to worship face down, pleading fervently at Jesus' feet. But what does it mean that this woman touched the garments of Jesus? What does that have to do with, what does, what does, what does touching his garments have, have to do anything? Worship. You know, I can't even get Baby, I think I might need your help. Every man needs help getting dressed, huh? All right. The woman in the story wanted to deliberately go unnoticed. While this one here interrupted the crowd, the one back here didn't want to be noticed. She didn't want to be noticed. She didn't want to be hurt. This is why she said to herself, this woman... 
her health issue based on the religious laws of that time restricted restricted her from coming in contact with anyone she had a different kind of condition a different kind of circumstance that was that was depriving her from 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 the same pursuit that this person had she couldn't do it the woman in the story didn't want to be seen or heard anyone who touched her or anyone she touched would be considered unclean not just unsanitary this was to be impure not holy she knew that what she was doing was reckless was irresponsible was risky was dangerous she knew she was breaking the law she knew that she clearly acted in desperation not this gentleman she did she got Jesus' attention she thought that by touching the garment that she'd get healing she needed without the risk of being caught because the consequences for a person deliberately violating the law would be that she could be stoned to death there was a problem that the item she touched the garment was directly, honey, come on, back, was associated to the one that could heal her. Did she touch Jesus? Did she touch Jesus? No. Did she touch Jesus? No. What did she touch? She touched something that was associated with Jesus. Are you following me? I don't get it, Pastor. How you touch the things that are associated with Jesus evokes a corresponding response. Let me say that again. How you touch the things that are associated with Jesus, they evoke a corresponding response. How you touch. From the beginning of the story, Jesus was being touched by many people, but not many people received what she received. There was a crowd, but from the entire crowd that was touching and bumping up against Jesus, none of them, none of them, None of them evoked a response that the woman received, that she received. Are, are you following that? Are, are you following that? Yes. How you touch the things associated with Jesus will to evoke a corresponding response. Uh, put, up, put up that picture of our volunteers up, um, David. Is it up yet? You know, Rob Reese comes in here on Sundays, Sunday mornings, and he meets up with uh, Rebecca, my daughter-in-law. And to him, the broom that is in his hand is just cleaning the church. Somebody get me the vacuum cleaner. Somebody get me the vacuum cleaner. Not everybody at once. And Rob Reese grabbed a broom and he's outside sweeping. Thank you. 
he meets up with Rebecca, my daughter-in-law, and she has rags in her hands, and she's cleaning the toilets, the urinal. That's what she does in the mornings before you all get here. They're over there cleaning and wiping stuff down. There are the group, there's other people that also join. And to Rob, a broom might just be a broom. To Rebecca, it might just be a rag. George Combs. Um, Luis just looking gorgeous there. I'm just messing. He's providing safety and security. Same thing here. Cleaning. Taking photos. Pablo's on a drum set. Guys are on our computer. We got greeters opening doors. How you touch the things associated with Jesus will elicit a response from the Father. You may think that all you're doing is vacuuming. But when you are vacuuming and you're following and you're doing it with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, without complaining, without... Listen, you are touching something that's associated with Jesus. Whether it's the vacuum, whether it's the drums, whether it's the keyboard, whether it's opening a door, whether it's wiping chairs down after the service, how you touch the things associated with Jesus will elicit or evoke a corresponding response. Thank you, George. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and what? Be strong and what? Immovable. Always work, always work, always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. How should we work? How should we work? And all that we do, enthusiastic. Worship isn't relegated to one method. We learned that today. One system or one practice. The heart, the mind, the soul, and strength you put into calling on the name of the Lord will yield a response that you need. Paul. You saw Paul during children's ministry. The man dyed his bald spot. Everybody dyed their hair. I don't have hair, but I'm going to dye my bald spot. And Jesus in the heaven next to his daddy's going, that guy's a funny guy, isn't he? That guy makes me laugh. I love the way he does stuff. This is why he can't explain the marvelous power of God Almighty moving on his behalf. The treatment for children, both Patty and, 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 and husband, the way they, they treat their responsibility for how they treat children, how they treat the entire children's ministry, what you touch and how you touch it will evoke a corresponding response. Are you following me? Are you getting me? 
I love and I respect our worship team. These guys come out here. They show up on time on Thursdays. They show up on time on Thursdays. They get here on time, and they, they'll go over two songs or three songs, and, 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 and I, you know, it's hard. It's tough. And, and, and Alexis is, is expecting a child now, so she has to take a break from here and go back, and, 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 and her stomach is turned because, you know, she's expecting. And, and, but, but she's here. And, and Adrian, you know, will drive from Middletown, and, and there are times where he, he's got stuff to do, responsibility with kids, and Jose, and every, and pa, where's Pablo? Pablo, man, that guy, man, that guy, that guy, you don't even know what you're clapping for. He's annoying. What are you clapping about? The level, the level of responsibility and following through. Pablo knows how hard we... Pablo, are we ever easy on you? Never. <laughs> how you touch the things associated with Jesus would get you a... Pablo, are you blessed? Yes, I am. Thank you. I could go on and on. Where's David in the back? My God, that man in the back, listen to me. I, I, every Sunday, he goes home and gets drunk. Every Sunday, he gets drunk. We're praying for him. But the level, the level of anxiety and stress to make sure that everything goes without a hitch. He knows after the service, I go home and I watch the entire service from the beginning to the end and I'm taking notes of what things we can do better and better and better and better. And then I call him, hey, David, you got a minute? He's like, uh, um, uh, you know, I'm actually in a, in a, uh, good. Well, uh, let's uh, go over some of the things I picked up this week. You guys think I'm kidding? No. The level of excellence onto the king of kings. If we give it to a man, you mean we can't expect and give it to our God? So, so how we touch the things associated, one person in their worship fervently pleaded with God, with Jesus. Another one simply touched something associated with Jesus. And in this story, this woman was ostracized. She was, she was kept away from her community, from family because of her condition for 12 years. That's a long time. Would you say a long time? Look, I got everybody in the back row over there Look, looking through, taking notes on their phones. That's excellent. That's what I like, that level of excellence. This woman had been reduced to be known as only the woman with the issue of blood. All through history, even you, we all know her as what? The woman with the issue of blood. She was always known by her condition. But instantly, instantly, when she touched something that was associated with Jesus, she went on from being known by her condition to Jesus turning around and saying, 
daughter, 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 go. Your faith has made you well. Daughter, instantly. There were no steps. There was no process. There were no offerings. There was no prayer. There was no fasting. There was no membership. There was, there was five steps, three steps, two steps, one. daughter welcome to the family the stuff that we do in our churches today to keep people away it's repulsive how we just repel people because worship has to be done a certain way this woman took a gamble and she risked it all to simply touch Jesus and she instantly became a daughter I want to give you these five calls of action as we wrap up this morning. Number one, don't allow your worship to become ritualistic. Some days I will worship fervently like we saw Brian, but there's going to be other days that I'm going to worship in the way that we saw Becky doing it. There are ways that I'm going to worship behind the drums and there are days that I'm going to worship with a broom in my hand or with a vacuum cleaner in my hands or with a rag cleaning a toilet. I remember when we got this building. Where's Adrian? Right here. Okay, yeah, Adrian and, and Jose. And, and there was a project here to eliminate this drop ceiling. All that. And, and we had talked about it. But because we knew the level of work that went into it, we had put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off. And one morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, I dropped Becky off at work. I came here alone, and Big Boy did it, right? He did it, and he did it, and he did it alone. You should have seen the, the look in both of these young kids' faces. When they walked in through that door and they saw, they were like, what, did, what came out of your mouth, Adrian, without the curse word? We'll leave that one out. It was, it was at, it was at uh, 8 o'clock on the dot. We arrived, and I was like, holy. Yeah, that was up. <laughs> All right? Can I tell you that not one towel that I moved, I didn't pray over your life. There was not one piece of insulation that I wrapped and I ripped out of there that I thought about the life that was going to be saved here six, seven months, eight months later. There was not one wire that I moved that I kept saying, oh, Lord, may your glory come and fall upon these people. Oh, Lord, may your presence always be in this place where we're going to lift your worship, where we're going to lift your name high. Listen, not one moment in everything that we did. And I kept reminding them, guys, guys, this is all for the one. Everything we're doing and we're doing it for the one. It's for the one. So don't allow your worship to become ritualistic. Number two, worship in your most authentic and rawest form. It has to be raw. It has to be authentic. Don't do what everybody else is doing. And you may start modeling and seeing what other people do because you may not understand worship. But listen, your, your worship doesn't have to be like everybody else's worship. It just has to be yours. It has to be authentic. Number three, find more than one way to call on the name of Jesus. 
If it doesn't happen when singing, it can happen with a vacuum cleaner. It can happen with a broom. It can happen teaching children in the back. Um, this young lady, um, where is she? Meradi, stand to your feet. Just to stand to your feet. Okay, stand to your feet, mama. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, that's right. Have a seat. Have a seat. Her, her, mother, her mother was my Bible school teacher. She was Becky's Bible school teacher. I'm a pastor today because of the fundamentals that she helped me. She laid down the foundation that she laid, her mom laid down for me. Are you understanding that what the mom did, what the mom did is now being reaped in her own daughter? You don't know, you don't know the song that you're singing for your children in the future. You don't know the offering that you're giving for your grandchildren in the future. Number four, that your heart, your mind, your soul and strength has to be in it. Listen, if I can't sing the song with my heart, my mind, my soul and, and, and with my strength, listen, then I, I don't sing it. But if I'm going to sing it, it's got to be with all of it. If I'm going to pray, it's going to be with all of it. If I'm going to give, I'm going to give with all of it. If I'm going to serve, I'm going to serve with all of it. And lastly, number five, find ways to deliberately touch things that are directly associated with Jesus so that we can evoke a corresponding response. I want to touch, I want to find ways. Don't come to church and just come to sit and be a spectator. Ask around, how can I do that? How can I get involved in this? I want to do something that I want to do something that I can touch and get a corresponding response from Jesus. Something that's associated with Jesus. Whether it's a camera, what's Mariel? Mariel. That's Mariel. Come here, Mariel. Come here, Mariel. Mariel, come here. <laughs> Step over here, Mariel. Mariel, how old are you? Huh? She's 13 years old. 13. Mariel, do you sing in the worship team? No, don't sing in the worship team. Mariel, are you in the sound team? No. Are you an usher? No. She's 13 years old. Grab that. She's touching something that's associated with Jesus. There is, there is a corresponding response from Jesus by doing so. How long have you been doing this? Three months. Can I tell you that when I, three months, guys. Thank you. You can have a seat. When I, when I look through the pictures, I call Alexis and I go, who took these pictures? And she go, Mariel did that or, or Sayani did that. And we're Sayani. Man, come here, mamita. Come here. Come here. Come here. Boom. Come here. And Sayani, how old are you? She's 18. Oh, you forgot? Yes. I know. After, after, you're, after you're 18, you stop counting. Okay. So, so, so you graduated from high school. Driver's license. You got the car. And you know what? And, and so she said, hey, listen, we ain't, got, we ain't got to worry about my mom anymore. She only like, my mom only like showing up to church. Pastor, I want to do something. I want to be, I'm like, I know you're my little crooked. 
<laughs> no, I'm just messing. No, I'm just Nadia, I'm just messing. She knows that much more. But listen, and she made it her her commitment to get involved as well. And and it's beautiful to see the amount of pictures, art that's being taken. Listen, while everybody's worshiping, singing, playing instruments, doing something, she's over here taking pictures, and I get to see it, and I go, Heavenly Father, please open the heavens over her life. Please bless her. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, Mama. Angel, come here, Angel. Come here, Angel. Watch him walk over here, hold his back. Go ahead, Angel. Get over here. Sure, he's good. Come here, Angel, big guy. I'm not going to ask you to stand on stage, because then things will not be proportionate. Stand right there. Stand right there. Man, what can I say about this guy? Uh, nothing good? Uh, everything good. <laughs> Listen, uh, where's Luis? He was standing next to me. Luis. Okay. Listen, several, several weeks back, almost months back, this man showed up here broken, fervently pleading because of stuff that was happening in his life. That was a, a couple weeks back, right? Almost, mm, huh? almost six months ago. Six months ago. Oh, It wasn't the worship. It wasn't the music. It wasn't the message. It, you know what happened to him? He met Luis in the back. Are, are you listening? Then Luis took him into the nuts, into the room back there. And he was like, Pastor, I don't know what to do, Pastor. I'm like, well, you, you go minister. You're like, I don't know some amazing what God is doing, but I just got to. And... So go pray for him. You go do it. Like, He's like, I'm half drunk. I'm still half from last night. And I'm like, no, Luis. No. <laughs> just mess with you, Luis. No, listen. And I celebrated to see the move of God happen outside of what we call normal. Happen out there, happen in there, had nothing to do with none of this stuff. And to see this guy come in here Sunday after Sunday, just to say, hey, where can I help? Obviously, thank you. I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet, stand to your feet, stand to your feet, stand to your feet. You know, as we leave here, as we leave here today, I want you to go home. I want you to talk to yourself a little bit, just like that woman, and ask yourself, what can I touch that's associated with Jesus? How can I, what can I do? to get involved. Not so that you can get the pastor's reward, but that all that you do is not useless before God. He will use it. We're doing it unto the Lord. And ask God, God, I need to get involved. I need to do something. I want to continue to worship differently. I want to continue to worship creatively. So all eyes closed in this place. I believe, I believe that mopping, God is going to heal you while you're mopping a floor. I believe that while you're wiping down a bathroom, a toilet, a urinal, 
your answers are going to be, your prayers are going to be answered. I believe that in teaching in the children's ministry, that while you're doing that, even in the toughest days when it's just so hard, that I really believe that God is going to say, my child is so faithful and faithful in little things, I'm going to salt you in big things. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.